Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the Universe, the Great Mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Matt Tommy. His interest in fine art, in fine craft and handmade baskets began as a teenager growing up in South Georgia. His passion for using natural materials began to center around creeping southern vine, kudzu, while in school in North Georgia Mountains at Young Harris College and the University of Georgia. Now an Asheville, North Carolina resident, Matt's handcrafted baskets are a whimsical collaboration of traditional Appalachian forms and, and wild rustic, rustic natural materials, including natural vines, kudzu wisteria grapevine, branches, birch, oak, ash, and poplar, longleaf pine needles, and poplar bark. His interpretation of rib baskets and other traditional shapes offer a heartfelt nod to his roots in Appalachia basketry while offering a contemporary expression that is all his own. Matt is a leader in the contemporary basketry movement, serving on the board of directors of the National Basketry Organization and as an instructor at schools, guilds, and conventions around the country. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're with us today. And I you know, didn't realize that there was actually a national basketry organization that's that's so interesting to me <laughs> there is there is we've been around uh coming up on uh, 11 or 12 years now and uh we represent basket makers really around the world but primarily here uh, in uh, the united states and right now with about 600 members and uh, going strong so so how did you how, how, how did your interest in creating basketry begin I grew up, uh, you know, as a kid in rural Georgia and, uh, you know, was involved in Boy Scouts and grew up in a, in the country and so always loved to do stuff with my hands. You know, I was always the kid that was running down to the creek and pulling something out of it and <laughs> bringing it back to the house. And, and, uh, really that was also just where my connection with God was really always the strongest. And so, um, you know, professionally, I've been a musician uh, and, you know, done marketing, done a lot of different things. But for me, the basketry and that just connection with the woods was always something that was really strong. And so um, I've been doing it now almost 20 years and uh, the last five or six years really seriously. But it's just always been a love for me. So so were you able to turn your love of basketry into a career right away? Or was that something that you had to, you know, kind of do as a stepping stone type thing well i never i never really thought about it as a career um opportunity and in fact it was funny around this time of year um you know when it's starting to get fall and that sort of thing i would always when that cool air would come down i would always tell my wife why don't we just leave everything and get an rv and go make kudzu baskets you know (laughs) kind of like the escape from the world and uh but it's funny, as I begin to really connect, um, which is what I do primarily now, I connect my creativity and spirituality, um, God really began to show me um, that the nature of my work 
um, was this beautiful redemptive picture uh, of taking that which everybody just calls cursed, you know, kudzu and other invasive species. I work a lot with recycled metals as well. And taking those things and turning them into, um, you know, a beautiful opportunity for art. And as I did that and really began to understand that that was uh, my place, uh, that was one of the things I was really created for, I began to see a lot more um, provision come that way financially and also a lot more favor come as well. So. Well, and I, I think that's um, interesting that you work with so many, like you said, invasive vines and that kind of thing. I just had a conversation this past weekend. I was My family lives in West Virginia, and I was up visiting my mom and went with her on a bird walk and some of her bird walking buddies that, that I know we were chatting, and they were talking about that they needed to clean out some vines from some of their trees, and they just hated to just throw them away. And I said, I'm talking to this basket anchor next week. <laughs> Mail them to North Carolina. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's that's cool that you're able to reuse these things that other people would just throw away. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I love that. And it's, I'd always tell people I, would, I don't think I would be a basket maker if it were not for the harvesting. Because, again, that's just such my my connection uh, to basketry. So. so at what point in your life did you start thinking of yourself as an artist? Well, uh, I, I grew up thinking of myself as a musician. You know, my mom was a musician. My dad was a musician. She's been, uh, you know, a, a church music person for years and years. So I kind of grew up in that. And, and I became that. You know, right out of college, I became a worship pastor at churches and um, began leading worship and doing music, and uh, both for fun and professionally. And um, But it was funny about, I guess, right before... Um, I wrote my book, Unlocking the Heart of the Artist, uh, in 2009, I guess it was 2008, I was doing a youth camp, and I was just sharing with them, like, a lot of the different things that was going on in my life, and I was doing some marketing work still, I used to own an ad agency, and I was doing some basketry work, and, and leading worship, doing music, and all this, and, and this lady looked at me, and she said, well, you're just quite the artist, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> uh, and it felt really weird, you know, for somebody to say that. And then, as I did, again, we kind of began to process that spiritually, um, I really began to embrace that, that, yeah, I'm not just some spaz that's out there doing a lot of different things, you know, but I really am uh, an artist, and uh, creativity is how I process life. It's through my creative expression, and so it was really at that point that everything began to change for me, and um, my music is still a huge part of what I do, but my basketry really began to take the forefront, and also speaking to artists about integrating spirituality and creativity, so... Well, and I know that you're one of the founders of um, the organization, the Art, the the Worship Studio. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that and how unlocking the heart of the artist ties into the Worship Studio? Yeah, the Worship Studio um, really came to me after a period of being out of ministry, and um, I was, you know, kind of looking at that possibility again with some leaders in my life, and I actually had a dream two nights in a row. Um, where um, I woke up listening to us, having a song run through my mind. And the song said, raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army like Joel saw. And when I woke up, I went down to my studio and read a passage out of Joel 3.9 out of the Old Testament. And it said, you know, go to the nations and raise up an army. And I really felt like God spoke to my spirit at that point and just said, I'm calling you to raise up an army of artists to reveal my glory in the earth. And uh, there's a lot of other things that, that went with that, but that was kind of the impetus for um, the worship studio beginning and raising up this army of artists around the world. About three months after that, um, I had a lady in Canton, Georgia, give me an art gallery, um, and we began to gather both visual and performing artists together to 
be in community together, but also to explore the connection between um, spirituality, you know, the glory of God, and also uh, creativity. And it was out of that that the book came about, because I was looking around at a lot of different books and messages that were out there regarding spirituality and creativity, and and um, so much of it was focused on the gift um, that the artist carries, but not the heart um, of the artist. And so my heart was to help artists walk through brokenness and woundedness and creative roadblocks, things that keep us from the fullness of, of creativity and, and allow us for God to come in and heal those places so that we could really flourish. And uh, so that's a real, that's a core DNA of who the worship studio is, is, is helping artists thrive in everything that God's created them to be as, as creative people. So, Well, and I have never really thought about, you know, that there would be an opportunity for an army of artists, but I love that idea of that. And I um, think it's really interesting that you encourage people to step into their artistry as a way of really shining the gift that they've been giving as opposed to i think sometimes we think of art as being kind of a peripheral thing or something that you know you get around to if after you've done everything else sure sure well and from a biblical perspective you know the first way that god reveals himself to humanity is you know in the beginning god created and so um i always tell people you know he's not stopped creating that it is it is that very essence that, you know, we, as his creation, being created in his image, we carry that same ability as well. And so, um, and I love the fact, you know, if you read that Genesis story, um, you know, from my perspective, I, I teach a lot about, you know, that in those places where there was darkness and chaos and everything was void, you know, God said, let there be light. Um, and in John, in the New Testament, it talks a lot about how um, that, uh, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and uh, in Him was light, and the light was the life of men. And so I always relate that back to Genesis because it's like when God said, let there be light, he, he wasn't just saying, let there not be darkness. He was saying, let there be a release of my presence into that which is formless and void. And when He did that, transformation happened. And we get, because we're created in God's image, we get that same opportunity, I believe, to say, let there be light. Let there be a release of the glory of God through our creativity. And so we regularly see, you know, people that listen to songs, watch, you know, view paintings or watch movies. We regularly see them get to be transformed by the love and the glory of God through creative expression. And to me, there's there's no higher calling than that. So... So how does, um, can, can you share a story of how creating your art has expanded your awareness of God or your experience of God? Well, it's interesting for me being a performing artist and a, uh, you know, a fine craft artist. Um, I really grew up with this idea of performing for God, you know, and so with the whole music thing. And uh, so it was very much kind of performance oriented. And as I've grown in my spirituality and relationship with God, um, the Lord began to draw me back into the woods and really connect with my basketry. And this awareness of my relationship with God really began to be changed from a position of performance into just being. Um, where when I'm in the woods harvesting materials um, and just alone in that place of solitude, I really get a, a huge sense of enjoyment and communion with Him uh, as I'm in that place, as opposed to just trying to, you know, crank out a basket to be approved. You know, a lot, right. a lot of artists, we we had that thing that, you know, we believe that lie that you know we are what we create, or we are what people think about us, or we are 
good if people approve of our work. We're bad if people don't approve. And and for me, the connection with the solitude of the woods really helped to connect me to a place of rest with my creativity where beyond anything that I would ever create, I know that I'm loved, I know that I'm accepted, I know that I'm created in the image of God. And my job is not to perform for him, but to create with him in my process. And for me, that's huge, and it really sets the stage for everything that I do. Well, that's really beautiful. Um, It sounds like you always have lots of things going on. It sounds like you've got lots of different (laughs) projects and lots of different ideas. So how do your ideas come to you, and how do you decide which ideas you're going to move forward with? Well, it's funny you say that. I was just recording a video this morning on uh, the artists and spiritual disciplines. And (laughs) as as much as we love to be kind of go with the flow and uh, flow with the spirit and that sort of thing in our art, I think for creative people to be able to leverage creativity in a way um, that is powerful, that is transformational, we have to bring uh, rails uh, to be able to run on. And for me, um, you know, journaling, spending time in solitude, um, just the spiritual disciplines are really things that help me to um, solidify and um, synthesize everything that I'm, you know, I'm like a lot of creative people. I have tons of ideas all the time. I know that some are for now, some are for later, but whatever they are, I try to steward those, um, you know, in my journal, um, kind of, I'm always, probably every two or three months, I'm, I'll stop um, whether out of necessity or desire, <laughs> and um, and really reevaluate where I am. Um, you know, I lead a national ministry. I'm a worship pastor at a church. I'm a full-time working artist. I'm also a, a dad and a husband. Um, I'm a vol- I, you know I'm on the board of the National Baptistry Organization. So I do. I have a huge amount of stuff in my life. But one of the things that I've also tried to do is is I guess a few years ago, my wife and I made a decision that we were going to say no to everything that was not creative at its core um, in our life. And that meant me turning down jobs. That meant uh, moving from Atlanta to Asheville. It meant, a, it meant crafting a world, a life, that really um, helped to sustain what it is that we believe we were called to do as opposed to um, just trying to, you know, run after the the frustrations of the day all the time you know we really and so i've really tried to do that is craft a life that makes it easy to be creative um and not fill my life with just a bunch of stuff that that sucks my time so well and i i love that thought of you know consciously making the decision to say no to things because i think that you know our culture particularly that we're always feeling pushed to say yes to more things and to do more things and to take on more things and really it's only you know for me it's only been in the last couple of years that i've really come to that understanding that that i i have to say no to some things to be able to say yes to the things that i really want and to be able to identify what those things are that i really want that's right yeah i always i just talk about it in the context of you know enlarging our capacity you know and um to me there's a there's a beautiful portion of scripture where you know, in Isaiah where it says, sing, O barren one, you know, you who had no children. And, and uh, it's kind of like this prophetic promise of, of what's going to happen. But then it says, after that, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent stakes. And it's like we all have this promise of greatness. We all have this promise of, I believe, what, what God's destiny is on our life, and especially as creatives. But 
after that promise comes our then what I call co-laboring with him, where we have to stretch out our tent, where we have to make room for the things that God uh, brings us. And part of that making room is cleaning house, you know, getting rid of um, a lot of the stuff that takes our time. And, you know, again, uh, just my passion in that, one of those things that really can be a time sucker is, is not dealing with a lot of the woundedness and hurt that can that can uh, that artists can really face in their life, and so for me, you know, that's looked like a lot of different things over my life. But um, again, connecting creativity and spirituality. When you do that, you're not you're no longer alone in the process. You have a relationship with God to be able to heal those places and walk you uh, into a place of wholeness. So. So, Matt, when you get ready to create, when you're getting ready to create art or pursue one of your creative ideas, do you have any kind of a process that you use to connect with God or to connect with that that creative zone of of being in that area of creation? I'm always playing music uh, in my studio. Um, for me, that's one of the things that kind of settles my spirit. Um, and I, I don't really have a... Um, process per se if I do this and then that but one of the things um, I guess you're challenging me a little bit so this is good um, <laughs> uh, one of the things I think for in particular with my basketry is um, having a studio it's wonderful to have I just have this myriad of different materials around me from tree bark to vines to rusted metals and wire and screen and just all these different things and so I'm constantly in this place of touching those materials and looking at them and being inspired. And and typically when I come in in the morning, um, sometimes I'll have an idea of, hey, I need to produce X, Y, Z. But usually if I have the the opportunity, I come in and just begin to touch the materials and just kind of begin to see what responds to me and what I respond to. And it's from that place of of kind of seeing something that's like, oh, wow, look at the knot on that piece of bark. I'm going to pull that out today and, and do something really cool with that. Um, it's a very, for me, visceral experience of, of touching the materials and kind of going through that. And um, I actually, it's rare that I ever create a piece that I know exactly what it's going to be from uh, before I start. I'm very much a create in the process, you know, so I don't, I don't do a sketch and then copy the sketch. You know, I kind of have a basic idea, then I really try to cooperate with the materials. And I tell my students all the time, I'd, I really believe in learning to speak the language of natural materials and um, and following their lead. And uh, in the middle of that, I, I become more inspired and am able to kind of you know follow the the breadcrumbs, if you will. So, so I, it sounds like you do some of your art solo, and that you do some some artistic creative things in collaboration with others. Do you yeah. have a different way that you approach things when you're doing them solo versus collaboratively? Yeah, I think solo, I'm much more um, free flow, you know, <laughs> whereas when I'm with other people, I'm usually um, in a leadership role, and so I have tend to be much more, uh, you know, delineate what we're going to be doing and, and have a plan. Um, I think that's one of the things I love about my basketry work in particular is that it's, I don't have to be the leader, you know, I just have to be me. I just get to be right. involved in the process where everything else I'm doing, I'm either leading or speaking or I'm the, you know, going to a conference and everybody wants to talk to you. And it's, it's a wonderful experience to be able to speak into people's lives and all that and lead. But at the same time, my basketry continues to be sort of a refuge for me uh, where I can just be one with, you know, with God and with the materials as well. So, so it, from a timing standpoint, are you able to work on your basketry every day or is there a, a couple of days a week or how do you decide 
what you're going to work on in a particular day and how you're going to delineate your time. I'll have to call you back on that one because I'm <laughs> work in progress. <laughs> work in progress. No, it's uh, it's wonderful. The worship studio um, opened. We opened a gallery and studio space in the River Arts District here in Asheville uh, this summer, and so I've gone actually from working at home to tw- for twenty years to actually having a studio space, um, which is wonderful. I, I, and so. The nice thing about it is I'm in the studio with my baskets every day, um, five or six days a week. In addition, um, I have part of my office there. I also have part of an, an office uh, at the church as well. And so I'm constantly in that place of creating with my baskets, which I love. Um, our associate director of the worship studio, Patty Ann Hale, who's a wonderful prophetic artist, mixed media painting and everything, she also has a full-time studio there. And so while we are creating, we're also talking to each other about ministry and what we're doing and the next thing. And we carve out time during the day, um, usually at the end of the day, to kind of sit down for a couple of hours and talk about the real things that need to go on with the organization. But during the day, um, it's wonderful, again, just being able to say no to so many other things, I'm able to say yes to my work and really uh, stay in that place of rest. And our goal is, uh, you know, I speak at a lot of conferences around the country, but I also we host a lot here in Asheville as well, again, in an effort to stay in that place of rest, stay in that place of authentic creativity, as opposed to just being on the road all the time and talking about creativity, but never getting to do it. So, so when you, in your studio space, um, can people just come in or is that is it more of a private studio space no it's um it's probably more like my personality than patty would like but it's (laughs) (laughs) she's very introspective when she does her work and she's got the music on in the zone and um and so for painting it's very different for me in craft you know i love the interaction with people so i'll have you know my bluegrass music on over there or something and um people are walking in the gallery constantly and they can see right into our studios many times they'll come in and talk and i just love that interaction because i love telling people about my work and um letting them touch and feel the material so for me it's a very interactive experience um and, and i really enjoy that and so are you able to continue to work while you're talking with them oh yeah yeah okay. i yeah i really do i just uh you know, weaving, you know, for like a one of my small pieces, you know, I may have two or 3,000 stitches, uh, you know, in each basket. So my hands, after 20 years, you know, it's kind of like playing piano by ear. I can close my eyes and just keep going. And so um, I just keep keep rolling along and, <laughs> and talking to people. <laughs> and, uh, it's a lot of fun. So. so, Matt, how has your art affected your spiritual evolution, or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? Well, for me, it's been it's been really seeing that you know, from my basketry perspective, it's been actually recognizing that God was in that, even wanted to be in that, and then when I began to understand that that my work was really this redemptive picture, um, you know, as a Christian, I really believe in the redemptive work of Jesus, and and seeing you know that which was which was you know in in chaos and and without form and and void you know our lives and then seeing him come and take that and transform it i I see the very same thing in my baskets now and so all of my baskets um you know i really see as redemptive pictures as opportunities for people to encounter um, the life and light of god and for me that's a very sacred uh space and i I was just doing last year i did a show uh, i was actually doing a demo at a gallery one night and had some baskets there and 
this guy walked up to one of my baskets and he took a deep breath and just kind of stood back and like, oh, and he said, he said, Matt, and I never met him before. He said, Matt, it's like the hands of God are reaching out and saying that he's got everything under control when I look at this basket. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, you really just begin, you know, in the New Testament, it says that, you know, signs and wonders will follow those that believe. And I really believe that, that uh, our creative expression becomes a sign and a wonder. It becomes a demonstration of the kingdom of God in a very tangible way. And, again, I just I treat that as a very sacred uh, space, and I, and I expect that to happen. I expect that when people see my work, see the process, when they encounter the creativity, that God is speaking through that. And for me, it just fuels uh, my spirituality and my experience with God because it, um, I'm no longer working for God, but I'm co-laboring with him in the earth to see his kingdom established, and I just love that. So how important is it, do you think, for artists to have the expectation that what they intend with their art is going to be what comes out of their art? It is the, I think that is, that's the core. I mean, if, uh, you know, in Proverbs it talks about, as a man thinks, so is he. And I believe, you know, Jesus talked about, you know, he asked people before they were healed, he said, do you want to be healed? You know, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And so I really believe that, uh, that faith, that this intent uh, of the artist is huge, um, because otherwise, I think you, what you see is you see artists in a lot of confusion, um, pursuing the just this uh, this endless process, as opposed to really being filled with purpose. And um, there obviously is huge value in embracing the process, and I embrace that myself. But um, I embrace the process with a purpose, and the purpose is knowing that I'm co-laboring with the Creator um, for something larger. It's not just about me. It's not just about my creative expression, but it's about um, co-laboring with Him to release uh, the glory of God in the earth. And for me, that's that's paramount. Well, and I know on the Worship Studio website, you all also talk about um, these conferences and seminars and workshops that you do about unleashing the creativity of heaven. So yeah. can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, again, it comes from that place of, you know, Jesus said that the kingdom of God uh, is not something that's outside, but it's something that lives inside of us. And so I really believe that for us to be fully creative in the way that God designed us, we've got to um, get in touch with that, with the kingdom of God that lives inside of us. We've, and so it's not as much about me doing this or that or being something or, or not being something, but it's about embracing the life and light of God that already lives inside of us and releasing that in the way that is uniquely us. Um, I, I love the, the quote by the early church father, St. Irenaeus, that, that says, The glory of God is man fully alive. And the connotation there is that the more me I become, the more God is glorified. And that's not in some, you know, self, uh, you know, puffing up sort of way. But it, it says that when I fully embrace the uniqueness of what God has called me, the way that he's called me, when I fully embrace that and cooperate with his spirit and the kingdom that lives inside of me in order to release that into the earth, there's no better way that, that God can be glorified. And to me, that is the essence of what Jesus called the abundant life. He said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And to me, the abundance of life comes when we connect um, the creativity and the creative spirit of God with our unique um, expression of creativity 
man, it, it, it just it takes it to the next level. And so we love to help people get in touch with that place to them. So do you market this these workshops to churches, or do you just do churches just come to you and say, hey, we've, we've heard about what you're doing, and we want to have you come in and do this? Yeah, we do both. We're always, you know, people are always finding our website. Um, most of the places we go are, you know, just out of relationship, but we always have people find us on Facebook or on the web and say, hey, we'd love for you to come to our church. Or I speak at a lot of conferences around, so maybe a worship conference, somebody will hear me, or a art conference, and then they'll invite us to come and either me come and speak or bring a team of artists and, and do a weekend where, you know, there may you may want to have creativity stirred up in your church, but you don't know how to do it. And so um, we love to come alongside and do that. And then we also, you know, provide opportunities uh, here in Asheville and other places around the country um, through our Gathering of Artisans Weekend and Unlocking the Heart of the Artist where people come here and um, and meet artists from around the country. In fact, we've got in two weeks coming up Gathering of Artisans, and we'll have artists from probably about 20 different states and three foreign countries that will be here um, we have 50 different workshops in all different areas, and uh, it's just its like a big family reunion, you know. But even out of that, people will say, oh, this is so great. Will you come to my church and do this? And so that's kind of how it, it continues. So do you find that a lot of the artists that you work with are already consider themselves artists, or do you find that, like when you do these workshops at churches, that you are able to um, help people embrace that they're an artist if they might not have thought of themselves as an artist before? Well, that's the, one of the one of the lies that the artists believe is that I'm not really an artist, you know, or I'm not good enough to be consider myself a real artist. And so, uh, most of the time, even some of the most phenomenal artists you ever want to meet, they're like, "Well, I'm not a real artist," but yeah. and I'm like, "What does that mean?" You know. So again, we try to really wake up that which God has already put inside of them and say, "Yes, you are. You were created like this. The things that make you weird, the things that make you <laughs> unique, you know, those are the very things that God's put inside of you to uniquely." Uh, express his glory in the earth and also to make you have a really good time in life it's they're not mutually exclusive here you know yeah. and so um we're always uh helping to wake up um that calling on people's lives and it's you know it's so much fun people just cry they break down they're like nobody's ever told me that i was this or that or they may have had a teacher in fourth grade that said they couldn't color inside the lines or whatever and it's still locking them up and man any way that we can just blow through all that and help folks to really realize um, the uniqueness and the special calling that they carry in their life, that's a huge part of what we love to do. So Matt, how do our listeners find you and find out more about your work and, and all these other cool things that you're part of? Sure, sure. Well, my basketry work, you can go to matttommy.com, and that's got all my basketry world on there. And spell, and spell hard, Tommy for him. Yeah, so it's M-A-T-T. And then a T-O-M-M-E-Y, so there's three T's right in the middle. And then they can, for the ministry stuff, uh, they can go to theworshipstudio.org, and you can get information on uh, my book, resources, tons of articles, blogs, videos, all that kind of stuff for artists, um, as well as information on the conferences and retreats that we do um, around the country. So. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show today. It really has been fascinating to talk to you, and I'm so thrilled that you're doing so much cool work yourself and that you're helping so many artists embrace their own creativity. Love it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artisworship.net. Please come share your stories of Art is Worship on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash artisworship. 
Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste. Namaste.